0: Good morning, everybody. Nate's day Good dancing. morning.
1: Gonna I'm going to be, be ridiculous this morning and just do something. <laughs> so.
0: Oh, man. I think people can tell we're not in our normal space. <laughs> well, real quick, yeah. let me go ahead and say howdy and good morning. We are at Great. the Care Net conference this week on location. So excited to come to you all with another edition of Wake Up to Life with Lauren and Nate, your favorite pro-life morning show. Once again, I'm Lauren Muzica, President and CEO of Sidewalk Advocates for Life.
1: And I'm Nate Robertson, Vice President of Sidewalk Advocates for Life. And what a great joy it is for us to be with you again this week, as Lauren said, live here from Mobile, Alabama at the Care Conference. It's such a great joy for us to be with you each and every week as we talk about what's going on in the pro-life world and how we can continue to work on changing hearts and minds on this preeminent issue of our times, the cause of life.
0: That's right. If you're joining us for the first time, here's how things go. Prayer headline, (laughs) victory story, tip, a special interview. We've got an exciting guest today. We'll get to that here in just a second. Uh, Devotional, more prayer. It's all right here, folks. We are so excited to have you. Well, we have been at the CareNet conference this week. CareNet is one of the largest pregnancy resource center systems in the nation, really, in the world. And we're so honored to be here. I'm doing a breakout session today. I was actually interviewed yesterday uh, for a documentary. That Abby Johnson and and then there were none are putting together on reaching abortion workers and of course making abortion unthinkable, which is the title of this particular documentary. Anyways, it's been a very exciting week. So Nate, how's it been for you? You've been here longer than I have. So
1: yeah, it's been a great time. Um, just connecting with all of the people here at the CareNet conference, talking with um, others of the the vendors in the expo, just getting to be able to be in person with so many of the people that we work with. Each and every day or, or throughout the year um, our booth is right next to the um booth with dr christina francis and um we've been able to see abiding love adoptions and, and many others of our friends of course and then there were none this year and connect with CareNet centers from literally all across the country they have over 1600 attendees this year so it's a gigantic conference with many of their centers here and it's been a great time
0: yeah wonderful well the short time that i've been here it is so encouraging to be surrounded by like-minded people in the battle for life and the battle for souls. And so we're just so excited to be here. And uh, then in just five weeks, we have our conference. So we get to turn around and actually put something like this on, by the way, prolifeconference.com. Don't forget about that. We have a special guest who also happens to be one of our co-hosts on the show today. So uh, Missy Martinez-Stone is the president and CEO of Reprotection, and they are closing abortion facilities. They are a, a co-host of the National Sidewalk Advocacy Conference here in a handful of weeks. We're going to talk to her about how they are doing that. So if you are somebody who wants to see abortion end in your community, you want to hang on and partake of the show. And of course, we've got some big pro-life news this week that we want to unpack in just a minute here. But before we go any further, we always start the best way, and that is with a word of prayer. So, Nate, you want to lead us?
1: Sounds good. Let's pray, dear Lord. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be together this morning. Thank you for what you're doing across the pro life, pro love movement. Thank you for us being able to be here at the Net conference and continue to connect as we work together to create synergies across the movement. God, I pray that you would bless what sidewalk advocates for life is doing across the nation. That you would be with our teams today, as many of them are on abortion facility sidewalks. God, I pray that you would continue to lead and guide us into how we can best serve women um, who are in need in and in a great um, need as they are outside of an abortion or abortion referral facility. God, I also thank you for reprotection and Missy Martinez Stone today and just pray that you continue to bless what they are doing. We'll continue to give you all the glory, the honor and the praise for all that you do in Jesus name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Nate. Okay, so we're gonna do one headline this week. This is really big news and we wanna take a moment just to unpack this with all of you because it's really important, you know, what took place this week and what this means for sidewalk advocates, sidewalk counselors, prayer volunteers, and all of us who love the cause of life. Five pro-life individuals were convicted under the FACE Act this week. They face up to 11 years in federal prison. This past Tuesday, a jury found five pro-life individuals guilty of illegally blockading an abortion facility in Washington, D.C. The pro-life individuals allegedly used chains, bike locks, and ropes to blockade the Washington Surgent Clinic in 2020. This facility is the workplace of abortionist Cesare Santangelo who admitted to allowing babies to die after they survived a failed abortion. And the same facility where five fully intact babies who appeared to have been killed late in pregnancy, possibly by illegal means, were found. Lauren Handy, Will Goodman, John Henshaw, Heather Adani, and Herb Garrity were each found guilty on all counts the Biden administration brought against them for allegedly violating the FACE law. The jury found all of the defendants guilty of both charges they faced in court and were taken into custody. They will stay in federal prison until sentencing, which will take place after a second trial that starts September 6th for the others involved." The FACE Act, the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act, was a law signed into law by President Clinton in 1994, and it prohibits individuals from, quote, attempting to injure, intimidate, or interfere by use of force, threat of force, or physical obstruction with anyone obtaining or performing an abortion. We at Sidewalk Advocates for Life released a statement on Wednesday in response to this news, and I want to read to you all the beginning of the statement. I have met some of the individuals convicted, and as an attorney, and again, this came from my perspective, right? As the present CEO and founder of Sidewalk Advocates for Life, I understand the legal risks they took that fateful day in attempt to stop abortions. I share the same sentiment in regards to abortion as they do. I hate the killing of preborn children. I trust their heart was likely in the right place, and I know the immense power and privilege of seeing a baby born to an abortion vulnerable mom who changed her mind. But we disagree on the most effective way to save lives, and now these activists face a big cost, possibly a decade in federal prison. As the founder, president, and CEO of the nation's largest sidewalk outreach organization dedicated to serving mothers and families on sidewalks in front of abortion and abortion referral facilities, I must speak into this moment in history. We do not wanna see this type of aggressive, legally risky outreach continue for a few reasons. And again, I won't read the rest of the statement to you. Uh, I'll just highlight the three main reasons really quick. Number one, future pro-life outreach disappears if you ignore the law and go to jail. Number two, former abortion workers say that this method, employing a law-breaking strategy at an abortion facility, does not work. In other words, it does not reach the clients that we hope to reach. It does not reach the workers that we hope to reach. I, again, when you've got an organization like, and then there were none that's helped over 600 workers leave the business, and not one of them are coming to the defense of this particular strategy. And keep in mind, these folks are in a healing process or they have seen great healing in their lives. They want to see abortion end. I've talked to so many of them, and that's part of their healing process is, you know, seeing an end to abortion, seeing an end to what they participated in, right? And they're looking at this and saying, this is not moving the needle and it's not going to move the needle. And then number three, these aggressive approaches inspire buffer and bubble zone laws, which are laws that push people back from clients or the front entrance of an abortion facility. You can't approach within a a certain radius, right, of the abortion facility. And so what I want everyone to know is that we appreciate people's passion and heart to defend the unborn but we are called to uh, be smart. We're, We're called to run as if to win. We're called to do the most effective thing. If we know abortion to be an egregious taking of human life, we can look at certain laws like buffer zone laws and the FACE Act and say, these are viewpoint discrimination at their very heart. They need to be repealed. But we can also say, this strategy is not smart. And more importantly, it, it, it goes beyond just not being smart. It is devastating to the outreach that is actually saving lives every single day. I don't think people understand just how effective modern sidewalk outreach really is. We had a location in the southeast that covers two, three abortion facilities at in, any given time. They just reported to us 504 saves in the past year, 504 women who chose life for their preborn children. These are actual handoffs to the mobile unit or to a pregnancy resource center. These are the types of numbers that we are seeing with modern sidewalk outreach. We do not need to do this in order to save lives. And even more so, we need to do everything that we can to preserve this. Now, again, it does not mean that we don't need to see these laws be thrown also into the ash heap of history, right? And we are well on our way, especially when it comes to, to buffer zones and some of the cases we've seen at the Supreme court, I want to encourage the pro-life movement to stay the course, meeting women in their crisis, giving them resources, serving them where they're at. Forming relationships with abortion workers, encouraging them to leave the business. This is hitting the demand side of abortion, the supply side of abortion. It is gradually starving the monster, and we are closing abortion facilities. And we're even going to bring in here in just a little bit an interview with Missy Martinez Stone about how we are doing this so smartly, so strategically, that we are seeing abortion facilities close one by one by one. So, anyways, uh, Nate, your uh, thoughts on all of of this as we unpack this big news this week
1: yeah thanks lauren you know it's so hard to follow everything that you just said because you said it so well you know the reality is that we we do love the passion that people have to make sure that pre-born children are protected we love the idea that we want to make sure that women know all information possible yeah but we just firmly believe and we have seen the amazing effects with what sidewalk outreach in our modern day can do and what it is doing. Yeah. And so we just, you know, again, I, I think I just concur with everything you said that we we don't believe that this activity is effective. We understand that the laws may need to, you know, be repealed and changed, but this activity is not effective in changing hearts and minds and seeing the action that is desired, which is that women would be changing their mind and continuing their pregnancy and that babies would be being born. So again, we just, you know, really just stand, you know, encouraging the movement and encouraging pro-life folks all across the country to get involved with Sidewalk Outreach. You know, we'd love to have more people involved with us here at Sidewalk Advocates for Life and to learning how we really work to talk to women about what's going on in their life and the right brain research and how we really are able to help them with the crisis that they're in without having to get ourselves into the mix of possibly going to jail. You know, we've talked for many years in our sidewalk advocacy, you know, um, training and just in everything that we've done for the over nine years that the most effective thing is to make sure that people remain on the sidewalk offering help. Yeah. If people are going to jail, they're missing their space on the sidewalk. Right. We want to make sure that the sidewalk is full of loving, peaceful, prayerful, law-abiding people who can continue to reach out to women and men in need and make sure that they have all of the information possible to make a life-saving decision.
0: That's right. And I think, I really want people to hear me say this. When we go to an abortion facility, regardless of of whether we want to pray or we want to talk to people or we want to see an abortion facility close, all of those things, we all want all of those things when we go to an abortion facility. But our first call when we're at an abortion facility is to recognize that a woman is getting ready to walk in there and take the life of her innocent child. It is not time for a public statement. It is not time for causing chaos for the sake of chaos and and, checking a box and doing something that that makes us feel like we're moving the needle. It is to do the most effective thing possible to hopefully save the life of that baby and save that woman from at least decades of trauma, right? That's right. So we've got research testimony and lived experience that points to the same thing and it's creating a calm, protective, confidential, loving space for that woman. And there are ways to create this, even in the midst of a busy morning at an abortion facility. Believe you me, like we put people at the driveway, we put people at the fence, we're reaching out to them, we're talking to the boyfriend as he goes in three and four times. There are ways to navigate these things, there are answers to this through modern sidewalk outreach. And so I feel like sometimes what happens is we get frustrated with sidewalk counseling, we get frustrated with not seeing instant results, and we go in do this, and we actually scare and push away the very people that we are trying to reach, much less the people in the culture who don't understand what we're doing. And in this day and age where people are doing a lot of things to, to break the law, you know, even if we have conspired to be peaceful, it doesn't mean that other people understand that. I'm going to say one more thing, and then we're going to put a bow on this and actually move into our victory story, our tip, and then we're going to actually talk a little bit more about this with our special guest, Missy Martina stone of Reprotection. But I posted this 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 on Instagram the other day. And I just want to read it. It's a small little reflection. Uh, It says lives and souls are on the line every day. We can know that the FACE Act and buffer zones are bad law the essence of viewpoint discrimination, that's my nerdy legal assessment, right? (laughs) And also know that participating in a modern day rescue, so to speak, is a bad idea because it isn't saving any lives. And it puts all sidewalk advocacy in that jurisdiction in danger. And that's a big deal because sidewalk outreach is saving lives every single day. We saw in Sidewalk Advocates for Life and we, we don't go around like, you know, uh, tooting our own horn. We're not we didn't get in this for the glory of all of this. We got in this to save lives and souls, regardless if anybody knows what's going on. But we saw four hundred and forty two lives saved in the last six weeks in Sidewalk Advocates for Life. No kidding. Four hundred and forty two lives saved. Why would we want to put any of that at risk? So, again, this is working. We are winning one mother, one facility, one community at a time. Don't go for what's flashy. Go for what works. I want everyone Sorry. to hear that. Don't go for what's flashy. Go for what works. And if we love life, if we love these mothers and these children and these families, we love the people in our culture who are in a a world in a whirlwind of confusion and chaos, we are going to hear that this morning. So... All right. So good. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Appreciate that. Go to sidewalkadvocates.org/slash sidewalk statement if you want to read a little bit more about our heart on this issue. So sidewalkadvocates.org slash sidewalk statement. Okay. Uh Nate, time for a victory story. You got a good one this week. Yeah.
1: Yeah, this is such a great story. So let's let me just unpack this amazing story that I was told um, from our folks in South Florida. Um, I believe it was earlier this week Uh, we had a a sidewalk advocate who was on the sidewalk and a car pulled up. And as this car pulled up, the, the gentleman rolled down his window and he said, You're the angel of my baby. And the sidewalk advocate's like, well, what do you mean? What 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 are you talking about? Right? The sidewalk advocate had no idea what he was talking about. Well, the the young man in the car um, begins to unpack this story. Him and the mother of his child had come to that abortion facility several months before because she was on a medication that they were told was going to create birth defects, and they were told that um, you know that it was not safe for her to continue the pregnancy. They, that day they um, were there for an abortion appointment to get the abortion pill, to have a chemical abortion procedure. And they did, you know, go through with their appointment. They did get the um, you know, the abortion pills. She did take, you know, the, the beginning of those, those pills. And as they were leaving, they were able to, the sidewalk advocate was able to give information to the young man, to the father of this child. And, um, This father was relaying the story saying, you know, I took the information, we went home. We were just, you know, dealing with the reality that they had started this abortion procedure. They ended up talking about it that evening. They were really anxious. Um, They were just kind of talking, right, about what they had done that day, that they had gone to have an abortion, that they had started this chemical abortion process. And I believe it was the next morning, that the young man um, said, well, I did get this information from the sidewalk advocate. Um, and there's a number we can call, you, know, to consider, you know reversing the abortion. To, you know basically, him, him retelling it is what we understand as the abortion pill rescue network and the abortion pill reversal process. And so that next morning, after she had taken the abortion pill, they made that call to the number. They were able to be connected with the OBGYN who could help administer the progesterone therapy to do the abortion pill reversal. And it was successful. And this, just a few days ago on the sidewalk, this young father is telling the sidewalk advocate about this story, parks his car, and gets out to share with him their three-month-old little boy named Caleb. Um, Some beautiful pictures that we got from this story of this sidewalk advocate with the father and with this three-month-old baby so it's such an amazing story about what can happen and what is happening as we continue to reach out with love and hope and support you know what we can see happen with the support and love that we offer and making sure that we don't ever give up hope right not ever giving up hope that they do have the ability to reverse an abortion a chemical abortion procedure after it has started um and that's why we want to continue to give them the great information that we have and point them to call the abortion pill rescue network so really amazing story Uh, i hope you guys are encouraged by that i know that our team in south florida has been super encouraged by that that it works it works when we loving hand out information. We are persistent in making sure that people have all the resources available to them. And um, we can see uh, chemical abortions reverse. We can see women and men change their mind about having an abortion each and every day. So Lauren.
0: I I love this story. Like I'm almost speechless with this story. And yet this actually happens on the somewhat regular to our sidewalk advocates. You were here praying. I didn't. Uh, go through with the abortion. Here's my, ch- I want you to meet my child, right? That have, I, I, there's a story like that in Albuquerque, New Mexico that they had pinned to the top of their Sidewalk Advocates for Life Facebook page for the longest time. So, anyways, the long and short of it is that we should never be discouraged when we have an interaction with a client and it feels like it falls flat. If we can just get literature into their hands, if we can get a gift bag into their hands with life-saving information, you know, in this case, that abortion pill rescue card was at the bottom of that gift bag, and they were going through it that evening, and that saved little Caleb, and he's here because of a business card and a flipping gift bag. Like, think about that. That's right. Think about that. I I don't even know that this advocate would say that he said anything that would have won him an Academy Award that day. That's right. He just loved the person. He loved the couple in front of them. And he probably thought that they went through with the abortion. And Sidewalk advocates, prayer volunteers, those of you that serve people who are facing unexpected pregnancies, please hear this. We're not going to know about every victory, the side of heaven, but we have to have faith that God is working in the unseen. And what God will show us now and then is the fruit of how he is working in the unseen. So it's just, you know, such a great story to highlight in that regard.
1: So. Yeah, it is just so incredible. And yesterday here at the CareNet conference, I was able to meet Dr. Lyle and spend a few minutes with him. And he's one who has been a part of um, seeing chemical abortions reverse and told me some really powerful stories. It works. And they now have over 4,500 babies that have been saved through the abortion pill reversal process.
0: So. so awesome. We need to tell Heartbeat International of this story. I know they're here around the CareNet conference. So all right. Well, my tip this week before we get to our exciting interview with Missy Martinez, Stone of Reprotection, who's going to talk about closing abortion facilities, which we're all interested in. Right. I know that's the ultimate goal. Um, it, It has to do with starting from a place of victory, starting from a place of victory. When we go out to the abortion facility, do we have faith? that God indeed will move in the unseen. We actually did a special Q&A with our sidewalk advocates this past week and really pouring into them and reminding them that the battle is first won in our own minds. We know from talking to former abortion facility workers, we know from talking to women who have chosen life, women who didn't choose life and wish that they had, we've got a cloud of witnesses that highlight for us just how effective our prayers and our presence are at an abortion or abortion referral facility. And my question to you is, do you believe that? When you go to that sidewalk, when your feet hit the sidewalk, do you believe that you have brought the Holy spirit with you that morning. And that he is enough. He is enough to light up that sidewalk and light up that interaction and work through you. Even if you feel like what you're doing is very simple, just like the story that Nate just told this, this sidewalk advocate there as the hands and feet of Christ gave someone a gift bag that saved a life. Right. And God is, I, I think this is, you know, so evidenced throughout Uh, the scriptures of Christ's ministry, him turning water into wine, uh, him multiplying the loaves and fishes. He takes ordinary things and he makes them extraordinary. And so, I really want to encourage you to remember just how powerful you are because you know who you belong to, you know who you work for, you know that simple words can turn someone's life around that day and maybe their eternity around. And so I really want to encourage you that when you go out there, you remember that even if you feel like things are all going to H-E-Double Hockey Sticks and things are falling flat and the escorts are bothering you and people are driving by and giving you the finger and telling you you're number one, right, (laughs) that you don't let anything steal your peace. And you do have that power as a Christian. You have resurrection power within you. When you hit that sidewalk, re- remind yourself just how powerful your presence is that day. And the this is something that my old boss, David B. Wright, would say to me when I was working for him at 40 Days for Life National before he, he transitioned out, right? But he used to say that we are creating the constructive tension needed for abortion to end, think about that that when we go out there and we see things kind of you know getting a little agitated we're doing it in the right way we're not doing it in a way that where people are questioning their safety where they're fearful about what we're going to do next where it, it feels like an encroachment on personal space, which is what uh, commonly happens with employing a law-breaking strategy. Because we're obeying the law, we're peaceful, prayerful. We're not doing anything you know, wrong. We're taking an approach that's above reproach. People have nothing on us. And it's really fun when they still call the police on us. And in fact, national team members, when we go visit our locations, nine out of 10 times, they do. They do call the police on us. And it's because they're reaching for authority, right? But we're ruffling feathers in the right way. People have to wrestle with this issue and you represent to them what they don't want to face. And so I just encourage you to stay the course, stay in your peace and your confidence, pray, trust that God is working in the unseen, leave the results to him, go love people the best way that you can. And you will see miracles happen if you don't give up. So that's That's good. All right. Time for our interview rolling right along. So exciting to have with us this morning. We need we, we this lady. If anybody deserves a drum roll, it's Missy Martinez Stone. So, That's drum roll, right. please. <laughs> Missy Martinez Stone, President and CEO of Reprotection. There she is. Welcome to the show. Aww, you guys are
2: you guys are too
0: kind. Hi, Um, good morning. Good morning. morning. So good to have you. I think a lot of people know who you are because we're such big fans of you and we talk about you all the time. But for those who live under a rock and don't know yet who you are, Mm -hmm. no offense to anybody who doesn't know who you are, but um, can you share who is Missy and who is Reprotection? Yeah,
2: Yeah, so good morning, everybody. Um, I'm so sad that I'm not at the CareNet conference um, Mm -hmm. with you. I wish I was there. Um, couldn't make the trip this year because, um, you know, I have lots lots going on, um, but, uh, you know, just happy to connect this morning anyways. So we are a national organization uh, that helps shut down abortion facilities. I mean, that's really uh, the, the easy way to put it. We, we shut down abortion facilities. Uh, I'm the president and the CEO and uh, one of the people that helped found Reprotection and and um, you know, this was started. I was just thinking the other day. I think it's been about five years since the wow. first conversation started about this gap in the pro-life movement of the laws wow. being passed. You know, because there was that there was a season where states were the, the big focus of the pro-life movement was passing state regulations because um, everybody was trying to get that rule up to the Supreme Court to to challenge. Roe versus Wade. But we were seeing this onslaught of legislation at the states. But then when you talked to the sidewalk advocates, the pregnancy resource centers and and the women themselves that were going inside of these abortion facilities, what was on the books and then what was happening uh, in in, on the ground in real life didn't match. And there was this Mm. there was this issue with these laws actually being enforced. And so reprotection was really created to be the bridge between what is happening on the ground, what are the sidewalk advocates seeing, what are the pregnancy centers, um, you know, hearing from their clients, what are the women experiencing, and the state agencies that are that are required to enforce these rules. Um, and so it was just a, a shot in the dark five years ago. We were like, there's this issue, let's see if we can address it and we tested it for a couple of years and then launched in January of 2020. Um, and it's just absolutely exploded since then. I mean, we are meeting a very, very specific need and that is coming alongside community members, um, training them on how to identify violations, how to document them appropriately, what kind of questions should be, you be asking in a way that honors patient privacy, that honors your relationship with your clients, um, but still getting that information to us and to the authorities in a way where we can hold these abortion facilities accountable for breaking the rules. And um, uh, an important um, trend that I've noticed is a lot of people are like, well, you know, these are the trap laws. You know, they talk about like these are Mm -hmm. these facilities are being Um, unfairly targeted with these rules that are medically unnecessary. Most of the rules that we are taking to the agencies for enforcement are not even abortion specific. These are not the pro-life laws that states are passing. It's just basic medical standards. It's basic medical care uh, that these abortion facilities are so unwilling to provide. Um, it's, It's medical negligence. It's patient abandonment. It's, uh, you know, emotional, verbal abuse. It's what, you know, whatever. We're not even having to really dig into abortion codes um, because the people that are part of this industry and and those that run it, um, they are breaking every rule uh, of just just basic medical standards. And so um, it's been wild. Uh, We just uh, came on the scene and all of a sudden our inboxes were flooded with just horrific stories of what these um, women are experiencing at these abortion facilities that are supposedly regulated um, when they're not. So uh, that's the that is the very long version. But basically, we come alongside you and we help you shut down the abortion facility in your community by holding them accountable to the laws that are already on the books.
0: Mm, So
1: good. Absolutely love it. I love working with Reprotection. We're so thankful for what you guys are doing and the partnership that we have. So obviously I know some of your biggest wins, but I'd love for you to just (laughs) talk a little bit about what are some of the biggest wins that you guys have experienced?
2: Yeah. So we've shut down, permanently closed two abortion facilities already. And that, um, our first closure was in September of 2021. Our second came in uh, January of this year. And then we're about to have our third, which we can't tell you where, but we're, about, we're, we're on the verge of having our, oh, our third big victory. Yeah. And so we were able to partner specifically with the Sidewalk Advocates um, and the Pregnancy Centers in two uh, communities in Florida. Uh, one of them was down in the Port Charlotte area, and then the other one was in Pensacola. And these sidewalk advocates and these pregnancy centers ha- had been trying for years to um, report the things that they were hearing and seeing themselves at these abortion facilities. And one of the big issues that that they were finding was um, their focus is sidewalk advocacy, you know, and and mm. digging through codes and contacting you know, government agencies, very time consuming. And so they mm-hmm. would submit these complaints, but then they wouldn't have the time to follow up. And, you know, it was, it was so labor intensive that a lot of these complaints were submitted and then they just kind of fell off. And that's no fault to them. They were busy doing the thing that they needed to do, which is being on the sidewalk and being at the pregnancy center. And so we came alongside them in that situation. We were able to take all of that information that they'd gathered that history of documentation, get it into the right hands, but then see it through. Like we took on the burden of chasing down the agencies, of appealing, of getting into the higher offices. Um, You know, these cases took, the first one took a year, the second one took two and a half years, but it gave the sidewalk advocates and the pregnancy centers the freedom to focus on the thing that they needed to do. And they were giving us information, we were taking it to the agencies, and um, you know, we shut down, um, Venice women's center in port, port Charlotte. We shut down American family planning in Pensacola and we're going to have our, our third victory, um, soon. And yes, Florida, Florida has abortion rules. Yes. Maybe it's a more conservative state, but we even had success in upstate New York. And my, what I like to say is like, if we can do it in New York, we can do it anywhere um you know and this was planned parenthood uh lying on zoning rules i mean it's like with planned parenthood's talking they're not telling the truth um and so they tried to get around um construction it was like a construction permit zoning requirements um they just didn't even fill out the paperwork correctly I, it was just it was just wild um and so yeah. we were partner, partner with the the pro-life community up there and stopped there construction pro- projects and um, their attempt to open two new facilities up in the Rochester area and so this looks a lot of ways but the big thing is coming alongside the community members um, you know training them and resourcing them on how to identify these violations how to get it back to us in a in a um, appropriate manner and then we you know we follow we follow up <clears throat> and get these facilities closed and I want to say just one thing, I know you touched on this before, but
0: yeah. um,
2: especially right now with, with the level of um, you know, coverage and, and the stories about these five individuals of, of, of whom I personally know um, and have known for years and years and years, um, while, while their attempts were noble, um, they were unnecessary. Because yeah. there, we can do this in a way, like we have permanently shut down two abortion facilities. We're about to have a, a third victory. Um, we've got 50 plus open investigations. There is a way to permanently close these abortion facilities in a way that does not put you you know, in legal trouble. Like there's a way to yeah. come, do this in, within the rules because the abortion facilities are operating so loosely. Yep. You know, they, they, there's such an entitlement there. They are so corrupt. They are so, um, disgusting that it doesn't, it doesn't take these grand gestures. We just need to know what's going on and get it into the right hands and follow that, um, you know, follow those cases. And so we actually have a policy when we're working with the sidewalk advocates and with the pregnancy centers, we don't even take, um, Evidence that was obtained illegally. Like, we don't, we're not even gonna touch it. We don't, we don't need it. We don't need yeah. it. Because there's so much information legally accessible, legally available um, of ways that they are breaking the law that we can follow up with and uh, hold them accountable for. And so, yeah, I, I, I understand their intention. Um, but from our perspective, like, it's just unnecessary. You know, yeah. like at the same time, you know, in the same three years that they've been fighting this case when they shut, they closed an abortion facility for one day, um, we permanently closed two and have a lot more cases. And, you know, and so there's just a more effective way to do it. And um, we want to help more communities. We want to come into more communities and, and partner with those groups that are on the ground and, and provide that resource.
0: I think that that's such a profound thought. It, it, we want to, in the pro-life movement, have success in the short and and the long term it's not Mm -hmm. just about shutting down an abortion facility for an afternoon or a day and and by the way you know what abortion workers tell us who have experienced Mm -hmm. incidents like this is that Almost in every single case. In fact, Abby Johnson says that she has been part of worker coalitions that have literally gone in to help out other clinics when incidents like this have taken place. And they have rescheduled every abortion that was on the books that mm-hmm. day. Yeah. But right. Reprotection has figured out a way sh- to shut down abortion facilities permanently. I've heard you say that you can't practice vice virtuously. You can't practice bites virtuously. So where they are killing children, they are probably thumbing their nose at the law in other places. They think that they're above the law, right? Yeah. And all you have to do is pay attention. Correctly. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's it's kind of like um, the Al Capone situation. Like He was arrested on on tax evasion. You know?
0: (laughs) Right. But we... So sometimes...
2: Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like, I'm sure there are horrible things that they're doing sometimes it just takes like so the clo- the the closure and our first closure in florida yeah he closed the day the investigation was opened so wow. he didn't even give him a shot he was like i'm out i'm out yeah like, I'm it, done. Just, took, it <laughs> yep. just took someone opening an investigation and he went i'm done closed yeah. closed to this day i think he, they actually passed away since then he was 87 so
0: there's wow. that but, no, but- um you guys it's, also prevented facilities from opening. I think that needs to right. be feathers in your cap too. I mean, it's really like you closed five facilities in five years. Right.
2: Right. Yeah. yeah been a wow. little busy. Yeah. But I, but I. But the important. The important distinction here, and and why we've successfully partnered with groups like sidewalk advocates, heartbeat international, support after abortion, is before Reprotection was formed, there there were investigative efforts there were enforcement efforts but never in a way that um kept the client the, the abortion-minded woman's experience in mind mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like what has she gone through she is, has been through this traumatic experience how can we protect the relationship of of the sidewalk advocates and the person you know they're ministering to in the pregnancy center and the person they're ministering to take, take into account that this woman just went through something horrific. Um, if she did go through through with the abortion and the facility from what, you know, we know treated her poorly and didn't monitor her by like, like these are women in vulnerable positions. And so when I was first telling, I I remember this so clearly when I was first explaining to Jarrell Godsey, the president of heartbeat, um, what we were doing i i i could he was like visibly like uh you know like i don't know like people have tried this before and they're like and i go no 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 like we 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 want to honor the woman woman's experience through this we want to you know be um vigilant in how we handle these cases if we don't want to pressure and he was like oh thank god like literally he went oh thank god like and, and, th- and, and, this situation specifically, like the thing I keep going back to is like, how did the women that were in that facility feel that day?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And
2: it just breaks my heart that they were probably really scared. Yeah. Um, and this was probably a really traumatic experience for them. Um, and that's just something that we go out of our way to avoid. And yeah. if a client doesn't want to take a case forward, it's dropped. Like, okay. Like, we are here to advocate for them. We are here to advocate for their safety. We are here to be a resource to women who have been wronged by bad abortionists, by bad medical practitioners who took advantage yep. of, of them in their vulnerability. And it cannot be that. And the, the ends doesn't justify the means. Like even right. if we shut down an abortion facility, but we hurt 20 women who had abortions there in the process like we're just not willing to do that um, and that's just yeah. something that in in the enforcement conversation in the investigative conversation just has to be had um, that we're not putting women on our website we're not putting pictures on our website we're not um, publicly putting out their details without their permission like like these are women that have been traumatized and we want yeah. to facilitate their healing, um, and just be a part of that journey.
0: Right. Right. By the way, I think Nate is having some technology computer issues, but no worries. We'll keep going here. Um, Missy, I think that that just speaks to your integrity, right? That Mm -hmm. we have to have care of these women who have been through a traumatic experience. And when they're ready to come forward and participate in this, then we're ready to receive them. We're ready to take this information to where it needs to go, to the appropriate authority to hopefully close this abortion facility. Uh, In the, like, 30-ish seconds we have remaining here in our interview spot, um, we're, again, we're just so excited to have you as a co-host of the National Sidewalk Advocacy Conference in less than five weeks. You're going to be on site talking with people about what they can do to shut down the abortion facility in their community. Can you give us like your top tip and then how can people get a hold of you in the meantime and even after the conference mm-hmm. if they can't make it? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. My top tip is document, document, document. When you see yeah. or hear something that feels off, it probably is. Um, yeah. All you have to do is document. So we do have a training, um, and there is a way that you can access it on Heartbeat Academy. We do have a code that makes it free. Um, Mm -hmm. But I would say, take our training on how to document these cases, because how that information is handled um, Mm. will directly impact what we can do with it. And so if it's obtained illegally, like I said, or if it's handled inappropriately, um, or the correct information isn't given, then... Like we are very limited on, on what we can do. But if you see something, make sure that it's documented um, from the people who are the most closely involved. And then you can go to our website, reprotection.org. We have a report form right on the site where you can fill out exactly what happened. Um, but we need as much detail as possible. And again, don't break HIPAA if you're a pregnancy center, you know, like honor patient privacy. But there are specific details that you need to share with us so that we can actually move forward
0: um, Mm. with these cases. That's so good. Yep. All right. So reprotection.org is the website. If you see something, say something. If your gut is off, it probably means that something is off. I think that's just really good common sense advice. And again, Missy will be at the National Sidewalk Advocacy Conference in less than five weeks. One of our awesome co-hosts, uh, prolifeconference.com is the place to get your tickets, prolifeconference.com. So thank you, Missy, for joining us this morning and for your very wise words. We look forward to seeing you very shortly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: See you guys so soon. All right. All right. Bye, okay. bye. See, you. All right,
0: see you soon. Bye-bye. Yeah. All right, Nate. I know you're having some computer issues, but uh, you know, hang in there I, I what... the is not I, I got I got your backup here brother so
1: (laughs) yeah no what what happens is in these hotel rooms you struggle with limited outlets sometimes and I don't think I took that into account this morning so we're good now um plug it in plug it
0: in isn't there like a commercial like that plug it in (laughs) plug it okay anyways I'm gonna stop singing but yeah
1: well great well what an incredible interview we just had with Missy and just such a great show I wanted yeah I wanted to um bring us the scripture and and a a little bit of reflection, and then pray as we get ready to wrap up for this Friday morning. I want to take you to Psalm 28, verse 7, which says, The Lord is my strength and shield. I trust him with all my heart. He helps me, and my heart is filled with joy. What an incredible scripture to just meditate on and to think about, about how we really do take our strength and our protection from the Lord and that when we are connected to him, when we are spending time in prayer and Bible reading or spending time and going to you know church services and whatever it is that connects us to him, that we have this understanding, this, this reality that he is our strength, our protection, that we can trust in him with all of our heart and that he can help us to be joyful. He can help us to continue to stay with our hearts full of joy. I just think it's such a powerful reminder this morning, no matter what we're dealing with, whether we're having you know victories left, right, and center, whether we're going through some struggles, whether things feel a little bit more pressure and, and stressful than normal, whatever aspect of life you're experiencing, whether it's in regards to you know the work that you're doing in the pregnancy help movement, or if it's just in your family life, your personal life, your work life, the Lord is your strength and your shield. He can help you with protection. He is able to be there to be be there for you and to keep you connected to joy when we trust him with our heart. When we trust in him, we know that he will be with us, that he will guide us, he will lead us, he will protect us. So this morning I just encourage you to meditate on Psalm verse 28 verse 7 and that, you know, go ahead and read all of Psalm 28 uh, read a few extra psalms if you're able to, and spend some time in prayer and meditation on these, you know, just powerful verses today. So, with that in mind, if you would pray with me, dear Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity for us to be here again this morning. God, I just pray that you would continue to bless the efforts of Saucy advocates across the nation, um, and bless the efforts of the pregnancy help movement in every aspect. God, we thank you for reprotection and what they are doing and how they just continue to bring um, violations forward to keep the abortion industry accountable. God, I pray that we would continue to see victories, that we would continue to be victory-minded, and that we would continue to do what you have called us to do, knowing that whether we see it or not, there is victory all around us. Thank you for all of the things that you are doing and showing us Thank you for all of the ways that you are leading us into our next steps. May you continue to guide us. We're just so thankful to be called by you. And we give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Thanks, Nate. Well, I'm glad the uh, technology held up here as we are on site at the Karenet Conference, we look forward to seeing you next week for another episode of Wake Up to Life with Lauren and Nate. We hope you have a blessed day, a blessed weekend, a blessed week. We'll see you very soon. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one. Bye bye.
1: Nice. Yeah.